Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I really like ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a free app where you can find amazing doctors and book appointments online. And I'm talking about booking appointments with thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for one who takes your insurance, ones that are located near you and treat almost any condition you're searching for. Go to ZocDoc.com humans and download the ZocDoc app for free, and then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoc.com slash humans, zocdoc.com slash humans. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Aliza Pressman. And first, I want to make sure that everybody has reordered the five principles of parenting, your essential guide to raising good humans. Please do so. And make sure to go to DrAliza.com and give me your receipt or order number because in 10 days, we are coming on the Resilience Masterclass for everybody who's pre-ordered. It is part of the deal along with the chapter on resilience. I'm going to talk about the five aspects of our parenting that are highly linked with resilience in our kids and the five skills our kids need that are teachable that are highly associated with resilience. Make sure to pre-order. Also, it really helps me get the word out. And now I am having back Dr. Cara Natterson and Vanessa Kroll Bennett, who've been here before talking about puberty. They are the co-hosts of the Puberty Podcast. Cara is a pediatrician and Vanessa is the founder of Dynamo Girl. It's a company focused on building kids' self-esteem through sports puberty education, and parent workshops. By the way, my daughters did Dynamo Girl when they were little. I love them. And they have a new book out called This is So Awkward, Modern Puberty Explained. It's kind of the modern puberty Bible. So if you have kids who are going to go through puberty or going through puberty, this is the book for you. Today, we're specifically talking about body image during this period of emerging puberty emerging adolescence, adolescence, how to talk about it, what to expect, how to respond, how social media has an impact on it. You got to hear this and don't forget to subscribe to my podcast if you don't already and write a five-star review. Every review helps get the word out about the podcast even faster. Let's just unpack the experience for adolescents developing and having growing and changing bodies, I think parents are deeply struggling with how to respond to the growing and changing bodies, both what kids are saying about themselves, 
how to respond when they're talking about themselves, how to navigate when they have judgment about those bodies. You know everything that parents are asking about. Answer all of it for me. Thanks so much. (laughs) I think Vanessa and I, we agree on a lot, but this overarching principle is our anthem. And it is parents are terrified, adults in general are terrified of stepping on verbal landmines with the kids in their lives. Not only will they step into it, they will put their foot in their mouth over and over and over again. They will mess up in all sorts of ways. And that is okay. Because the beauty of towing into or flailing into tricky conversations with kids is that if you are going to do it over and over and over again and have many conversations, then there's lots of time and space to get it wrong and take a do-over and then get it right. So that's one underlying principle, right? Which is you're going to screw this conversation up because A, it's a conversation that will go on for decades, like well past puberty, into pregnancy and menopause, or for men, all of the ways their bodies will transform. And God willing, parents are still around through all of those stages of their kids' lives. And for those of us who have the privilege of having caregivers and parents still around, they still continue to screw up and say things (laughs) that haunt us and upset us and hurt our feelings and say things that make us feel amazing and empowered. So This is a never-ending struggle as a parent and a loving person in a kid's life. So that's the screw-up side of it. The other side of it is kids in puberty. And just a reminder for those of you who haven't listened to other episodes we've done with Aliza or haven't heard Aliza on our podcast, kids in puberty. Puberty now starts on average for girls between 8 and 9 years old and for boys between 9 and 10 years old. And it lasts a decade. And it lasts like nearly a decade. So it starts earlier, lasts longer. And this is also relevant to this conversation happens with the cell phone in hand. And we'll get to that part of it as it relates to body image. The point of all of that is that if you have an eight-year-old with a changing body and you are not prepared to have an eight-year-old with a changing body, you are going to say some stuff that I think you're going to feel pretty sorry you said about weight gain, breast buds, body hair, incredible height growth when you weren't expecting it, all sorts of moods. moods, Right. But we're talking about body image. So we're going to get to moods at the end. So one of the most important things about the relationship between puberty and body image is for adults to be prepared for kids' bodies to change earlier than they expected them to. Because if you turn around to your eight-year-old and you're like, oh boy, what is happening here? This isn't supposed to be happening. You're too young. Then all of a sudden your kid is like, wait, wait, I thought everything was fine. Why isn't everything fine? Right? So part of what we want to do is give adults tons and tons of really relatable and science-based information so they know that actually, yeah, it's pretty normal that your nine-year-old's body is changing. So there's two sides to it. You're going to mess it up. And get as much information as you can so that when you mess it up, you know how to circle back and build a foundation for the conversation. And what would you say, like, I can think of a number of comments that were made during those ages that 
are still with me today. Something my grandmother said, something my father's girlfriend said, something actually nothing my parents said. It was other people in my life. But I think what's key is what can we do to best support our kids when those comments are coming? Well, I love the description of that because it's a very good reminder that the advice we're giving is not about parenting at all. It's about being the adult around tweens and teens, which might take the form of being the parent, but can take a lot of other forms like teacher, coach, mentor, healthcare provider, family member, aunt, uncle, cousin, grandparent, really well-meaning grandparent, right? But those comments, like any good trauma seer in your brain, (laughs) right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. And, you know, the, the, the comment is said, the dopamine spikes, the path is laid and you get a little bit more reinforcement about the question at hand related to how you look. And suddenly that's the lens through which you see yourself. And I think it's important at this point to just state a couple of obvious but not always obvious facts. For instance, when we say body image and changing bodies, my guess is that the first thought in many minds has to do with growing out, gaining weight, becoming curvier. But kids who are rail thin have all of the same conversations with us that kids who are gaining have. That when it comes to weight and body shape, it is extraordinarily hard to find a narrative that makes a kid feel great about how their body looks through puberty. So it's not like there's one way through that is totally benign. For most kids, the way their body is changing shape is something they're wrestling with. We have a right and a responsibility to protect our kids from well-meaning or not so well-meaning comments from relatives. Like, I I think... Yes, we teach our children to respect their elders and we teach our children to be gracious with family members, right? These are people we love and care about and they're part of our community and our lives. And if somebody makes a comment about, and I'm, in case you couldn't tell, I'm a much more aggressive person than Kara is. Kara is much more gentle and diplomatic and I'm more of a bulldog. But if somebody makes a comment about my kid's body to them and I'm there, I am going to step in and I am going to say, you know what? We don't talk about bodies in our family. We don't. You can ask them about the movies they like, the music they're listening to, the books they're reading, but like we don't comment on bodies and I'm not going to comment on your body and you're not going to comment on my kid's body. You know what? That's not being a bulldog. That's being an upstander. Yeah. I just don't always say it that nicely. (laughs) Well, that's true. But I think that it's important because a lot of people misunderstand because they're like, but I just said you that your legs are so long and amazing. And there's a real misinterpretation of that as being supportive. So I think we can go into a little bit of how it's not just about the bad comments. Right. So the good, and it's generational and it's cultural and it's all, all of those layers. And I think that the challenge is that we are raising kids in a generation where we want them to feel proud of what their bodies can do not what their bodies look like and who they are as human beings on the inside, not just how they look on the outside. So other generations or people who are steeped in other communities that value other things 
may feel that they are giving a kid a compliment. And the other way to do it, if you just feel like you can't be confrontational, is to say, hey, that's like really kind. I would love for you to hear about the art project that so-and-so worked on, right? So you redirect the conversation. You don't correct them or embarrass them or shame them because certain family dynamics don't allow for that. I will say that over the years in my own family, and I would say this in front of my parents if they were sitting here, we have moved as a collective family of four children and 14 grandchildren of changing the conversation from you know, very appearance focused and very like beauty focused towards much more substantive conversations. And you can allow for a grandparent or an aunt and uncle to know that having those kinds of conversations actually builds deeper connection to the kid in their life. So there's a benefit to that relative, that person, not just for the kid's well-being. And now a word for my sponsors. Incogni provides improved protection from things like hackers and cyber attacks such as phishing or identity theft that use your personal information to target you. Total strangers accessing your most personal information, including your address, your phone number, and even where you like to hang out on the weekends. There are invasive shadow profiles that can use your online activity to influence your behavior and worldviews, even your political affiliations. I mean, I think we've all seen things like this as we just doom scroll. Incogni is a service that helps you take back your data. They take control of your data privacy. Data brokers collect your personal information and sell it to other companies with just a few clicks of the mouse. Incogni wants to help you take back your data just as easily. Use the code goodhumans at incogni.com slash goodhumans. That's I-N-C-O-G-N-I dot com slash goodhumans to get an exclusive 60% off annual Incogni plan. So a lot of brands out there sell supplements with great ingredients, but they don't use their clinically studied dosages. Live conscious. Every product they have is formulated with integrity. They use science-backed ingredients that are clinically studied, and the products feel really good. There's ethical production. Every supplement is manufactured in the U.S. and formulated with high-quality, globally-sourced ingredients. Live Conscious has third-party testing, which is so important, so consumers can rest assured that there isn't any risk of contamination and that what's on the label is actually what's inside their bottles and trustworthiness. Live Conscious proudly stands behind their products and they have a full one-year money-back guarantee. Plus, they allow you to give back. They have a partner called Eden Reforestation, and it's committed to planting a million trees, one tree for every purchase made. You're helping the planet. You're helping yourself. I love the Beyond Brew. It's a six-in-one organic mushroom blend formula that is like a coffee, but just doesn't have the crash of caffeine. This light chocolate flavor is delicious. And you just mix a scoop, put it in your hot water or even your cold water and bada bing. For a limited time, get your next purchase of Beyond Brew with an exclusive 15% off for Raising Good Humans listeners only. Simply use promo code humans on weliveconscious.com. I was just going to say it's hard because sometimes depending upon the personality or the generation, 
the person who's delivering the information is looking for the same in return. Mm. Like it's not just high praise to say how great, you know, so-and-so looks, but they are trying to train that child sort of knowingly or unknowingly to turn around and say, oh my God, you do too. You look so great too. And that's the praise, right? There's this give and take. And so it has taken a lot of work, I bet, in your family, and you're going to have to show me that manual, to, to shift the conversation away from that, right? Because it requires two steps. The step one being, don't talk to the kids like this. And step two being, and they, they're not expected to give it back to you either about looks. But like, let's be honest. The issue is tr- primarily not that people are busy over complimenting kids in puberty. I mean, let's like, let's call a spade a spade. Correct. Right? So the prop, right. The problem is they're insulting. I mean, they're and they're insulting and about weight gain or acne right. or the size of breasts or the lack of breasts or the facial right. hair or, you know, any number of things that are non-complimentary. Right. And I think that there's a variety of ways to address it within the home and also outside the home. And the most important thing, I believe, and Cara, I think, agrees, but she'll promptly let us all know if she doesn't. (laughs) In the middle of your sentence, Is that to let parents know that it is normal and expected for many kids to gain more weight than usual before they really get into the growth spurt of puberty. So it used to be people would say kids grow out before they grow up, except not every kid grows out that much and not every kid grows up that much. And, you know, not every kid is going to go long and lean and sylph-like, but a lot of kids are going to gain weight. And when that happens, and this happened to me, parents freak out when they see their kid who they deem to be appropriate weight, whatever that means. And that kid starts to gain weight. And some people call it puberty pudge, which we're not super crazy about, but people like to use it because it's an alliteration. There's all sorts of terminology. Parents can do a lot of damage in that stage because they don't know that it's normal. We are here to say it's normal and register the feelings you're having inside when you see your kid gaining a bunch of weight. But, and this is the most important thing, keep your comments to yourself. And we can go into Elisa scripting and how to sort of deal with things like outgrowing clothing or eating habits that we're not so crazy about because they're not, you know, super nutritional. But it is normal for many kids. And we recognize it freaks people out. So don't say anything to your kid about it. Find an adult and don't bottle it up inside. Find an adult to talk to about it who you can trust with your deepest, darkest inner monologue and let it out there. Yeah, and get some help around it. I mean, if you're having that kind of reaction, and many people do, they don't just need to vent on another adult. They often need to work through what it is that they're feeling about their own bodies. So I I would say yes, and maybe go find someone to talk to who can help you from a professional standpoint. And when it comes to, I mean, like one tricky place, for instance, is when kids outgrow their clothes, right? And there's two ways to handle it, which is, oh boy, 
like you've gained a lot of weight. I can't believe we have to go back and get you more clothes. Didn't we just buy you clothes? How do those pants not fit? Right? I know. It makes you want to cry. That's one. By the way, we've all said something equally awful to our children. So I say that not because I've never said it, but I say it because I know we've all said it. So the other option is, hey, kiddo, I noticed that you need some new clothes because I doesn't seem like the clothes you have now are fitting you. So let's pick out some things that feel super comfortable and that you feel are really stylish and let's choose some stuff together, right? And it's the same end goal, which is clothes that fit them, but the framing is completely different. It can be so tempting to fix that terrible feeling of not liking how your body's changing. And we definitely can bend in the direction of trying to argue with our kids about how incredible their bodies are or what magical things are happening or how everybody changes it, you know, and all the different things that we say to make them feel better. But a lot of times in that moment, it just feels better to be validated. Honestly, in these situations, it's kind of like just a hug. Like sometimes there are just no words. And this isn't just about, it's not just, it's like through this whole stage, sometimes there are literally no words. There are empathetic murmurs and there are hugs. And like this stuff is so weighty. And I want to get at the concept of leaving your baggage at the door around body image. But Cara, yeah. did, Cara did you want to add I, something? I, yeah. I want to add one thing, which is I think the biggest driver for sometimes saying less and just showing affection and showing support is that you have no idea where it's going. Mm. They don't know where their body is going and you don't either. And so. I think the biggest pit that parents and other adults fall into is the reassurance pit where they are so sure they can say everything's going to be okay and everything's going to work out. And this is what you're, oh, you know, this is how we're all built in our family. This is where it's going to land. Like no one has any idea. There's no roadmap here. There's not a blueprint. So I think for that reason alone, sometimes less is more when it comes to showing that you, you know, fewer words, more love when you just show them the support. So now we've talked a little bit about kind of what's happening in the growth process emotionally. What is happening physically? What's actually to be expected? The brain releases two hormones called LH and FSH. This is true no matter what your gender is. If you have ovaries, those two hormones go to the ovaries, turn the ovaries on, and the ovaries start to produce estrogen and progesterone. If you have testicles, those hormones go to the testicles and they start to produce testosterone. That is what gets you into puberty. Puberty is the sexual maturation of a human, meaning the maturation required in order to one day potentially take part in making a baby. It does not mean that the minute you're in puberty, you are a sexual being who has sexual urges. And that is a very, very important distinction. And estrogen and progesterone, estrogen's the the big driver for female puberty, causes everything from breast growth to hip widening. It changes the way the skin responds to certain hormones. So it is involved a little bit in pimples, but pimples are driven by a totally different system. So is hair, so is body odor. 
Your voice changes because of a little bit of estrogen. A lot of testosterone changes the voice. Everyone's voice changes, right? These are all the downstream consequences. Testosterone causes your lean muscle mass to increase. It causes your voice to drop. It causes your penis and testicles to grow. The first thing that happens in male puberty is it grows its own machinery. You know, the testicles go from being these small little factories to much bigger factories. And that can take a year or two. And so a lot of parents have no idea their sons are in puberty. No clue because they're covered up and they just don't know anything's changing. That's what's happening. All right. Now a word from my sponsor. Okay. This is my favorite vitamin company, Nordic Naturals. I have been taking Nordic Naturals since I was pregnant 17 years ago. Um, I took their prenatal vitamins. I love Nordic Naturals because it's so trustworthy and there isn't all the garbagey stuff that can be in some of these vitamins. Nordic Naturals is the number one selling fish oil brand in the U.S. Nordic Natural supplements for moms support female health throughout life, including at every stage of pregnancy, like I used it, and after, I'm still using it. Nordic Naturals fish oils provide a reliable source of building block omega-3s for baby's prenatal and postnatal brain and nervous system development, and for, you know, perimenopausal brains that get a little bit in need of omegas. And it's non-GMO verified, third-party tested for quality, and contains no artificial colors or flavors. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure, or prevent any diseases. But we do know that omega-3s seem to be really good for you. So I am in. I love Nordic Naturals. I'm still using it. Shop today at Nordic.com and use the promo code RGH for 20% off your first order. Sometimes you just want to make things a little easier during the weeknights and a little bit more fun for your kids. And that is where you get Pillsbury Crescents. They're easy to fill, roll, and bake. And you just move on with your evenings. Sometimes you just want something easy. So you can make these weeknight recipes with Pillsbury Crescents. Roll up your favorite ingredients into it and voila, you can find Pillsbury in the dairy aisle in case you're wondering. And you can prep dinner in 30 minutes or less. And really the prep is like five minutes plus time to cook. So give yourself a little break on the weeknights and find dinner recipes at pillsbury.com. Com. Make your weeknight dinner rotation just have a little surprise. You can pick delicious ingredients, stick it inside that Pillsbury crescent, and you can also make it a side dish or a main dish. Weekday recipes are as easy as fill, roll, and bake. Surprise your kids. Pick a night. It's easy. Your kids can do it with you. They'll think you're super fun and you can just relax. Sometimes you just want something easy and a little bit more fun for your kids. And that is where you get Pillsbury Crescents and you can just relax. The weight gain and the height growth, it's not uniform, but Cara, can you talk through some of the expected guidelines of, of that kind of growth and gain? Yeah. I mean, as you go through puberty that's driven by estrogen in particular, the body is cued to hold on to fat 
in certain places and in certain ways. Because again, like the whole goal of puberty is to one day, in the narrowest definition, I should say, is to one day be able to be part of making a baby. And if you have a uterus, your role in that may be carrying the baby and you need to have fat deposits. Essentially, you need to have energy resources to be able to grow and feed that fetus. So, you know, that's estrogen drives the body one way and testosterone drives the body another way, more lean muscle mass, less fat overall, but not always, not in everybody. So everyone will have height gain. Everyone will have weight gain. Everyone will have a growth spurt, but growth spurts last different amounts of time, whether it is the, whether it's a female going through or it's a male going through puberty and the growth spurt will happen at different stages in puberty. And I think the the fun fact that every single person wants to know is when do you stop growing after you get your period? And the answer is no, you stop growing after your period is regular for two years. Here's where this gets tricky. And there have been a bunch of excellent books written by female athletes about the impact of puberty on their identities and their athleticisms is that female athletes who whose body shape changes and who gain weight and are in sports where body shape changes are not wanted and gaining weight is not wanted, it becomes incredibly complicated for those athletes who essentially try to keep their bodies from getting bigger, curvier, heavier and they then resort to all sorts of dangerous and unhealthy eating and exercise practices in order to not have their body turn into a woman's body. And so if people listening have children in those sports, running, figure skating, gymnastics, dance, to name a few, wrestlers in some cases, that is something to be aware of and to keep an eye on. These athletes then talk about moving into adulthood and finding a new way of being successful in those sports, but having to change the way they take care of their bodies, they nourish their bodies, and they accept their bodies in order to make peace with with the changes. Can we, though, make sure to generalize beyond the athlete? Because, I mean, there's so much social pressure for all kids and particularly I think people don't think about it this way, but particularly for boys, because girls have a whole series of different ideal body types that they can subscribe to. I'm not suggesting this is healthy, but it's a broader cross-section of body types. And boys generally have one ideal body type. And so it's much more demanding. It's much more prescriptive and narrow. Right. So people assume that the goal for everybody for everybody is all by the female norm of wanting to be thin. But with boys, the body image is about getting jacked, about being pumped, about being super muscular. And so they're making choices to conform to that bodily ideal, which is fueled by social media from, you know, YouTube influencers and TikTok and all of the stuff that they're consuming, which is to not only look a certain way, but how they can achieve that goal, which is often dangerous and concerning advice. And they are consuming it wholesale, the advice and the guidance about 
how to eat and how to take care of their body. So if people assume that body image is just a female thing, it is not just a female thing. It is an everybody thing, but they're striving towards, often they're striving towards different ideals. We would be remiss if we didn't mention that LGBTQ plus kids are at higher risk for body image issues and challenges. And so if you are caring for a kid in your life who identifies as such, you want to be particularly aware of this issue and on it in a kind, empathetic, and supportive way. There's a lot of complicated layers to that. And it's hard because LGBTQ plus kids say that social media is actually really helpful for them in finding community and connecting to other kids who identify as they do. But we also know that social media can fuel lower body image and self-esteem. So in that case, it's a it's a complicated balancing act. So two questions come to mind based on what you were just talking yep. about. One, how do we have those conversations if these emerging adolescents and adolescents are feeling like they are wanting to lose weight and they're learning it from social media? How are we having healthy conversations about healthy eating without triggering the idea that we want our children to lose weight. I think it gets really wonky. So I want to talk about that. And also just to close up the social media issue, just in terms of body image, some of the things that we can do to help mitigate some of the impact, how we can scroll through their for you page and suggested for you and get a sense of what they're paying attention to. And if it is really focused on certain kinds of bodies or certain kinds of diets or whatever, what are some of the scripts and recommendations with the understanding that everybody has a different relationship with their kids, that scripts are just something to think about, and then you can move forward in your own voice and all that jazz? Yeah. So maybe we start with the question of this third rail topic of even bringing it up with your kids. And are you planting a seed when you bring it up? Because you're trying in the name of health and information, you're trying to. Our answer is we don't feel that way about sex education and we don't feel that way about body education. We think it is very much a primo conversation to be having with your kids all the time with no shame and no judgment. And you constantly have to check yourself at the, the door as you're entering the conversation. And you can stop yourself at any point. But talking about what is healthy versus what is not is one way in. It gets really confusing when you have a conversation with a kid and that kid tells you, I have restricted my eating because I am getting healthy. When a child tells you that, a piece of you may be celebrating the fact that they are not indulging in junk and sugar and whatever it is. And a part of you should have a flag raise thinking, do I need to watch this kid's behavior and make sure that there isn't something else going on? And so you're going to be doing both those things. You're going to be talking and you're going to be watching and you're going to be looking for internal inconsistency. Vanessa, you want to take the social media part? Yeah. I mean, kids and social media is a constant job. It is a never ending job where we have to be on our kids all the time because we don't know what they are watching or seeing and what they're ingesting. So one great way, as you mentioned, Aliza, is the For You page, because that follows an algorithm. That tells you what they've been searching for. And 
you don't have to like secretly go on your kid's phone and be like, oh, I'm going to sneak it while they're in the shower. You can say, hey, dude, can I see what you've been? I'm like curious what you've been looking at. I got sucked into sloth videos. I want to see if you are looking at sloth videos or if you are looking at like something completely different. Right. And then it's like innocuous, non-judgmental, companionable, all of that stuff. So that's number one. Number two, we know that there is a correlation between more time spent online, right? Three plus hours is what most of the research says, and lower self-esteem and poorer body image. So one thing that we can do is set some limits and some guardrails about screen time. Nobody yet is saying it's causal, but they are saying that there is a correlation between those two things. So that's another thing we can do. And the last thing we can do is talk about how certain things on social media make us feel. So we give our kids, we model for our kids opportunities to express and react. Like when I see that really stunning celebrity on social media and I see her wearing a dress that I would never feel comfortable wearing, it makes me feel like a little bit jealous that she wears that dress and I don't wear that dress. Or, you know, even friends, even people, even people we know. I mean, Rachel Simmons talks about how it's often the people that kids know who make them feel the biggest sense of envy through social media rather than celebrities. So those are a couple of ways of just kind of like honestly and authentically getting at the issue of the impact of social media on our kids and their self-esteem and their body image. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.